Welcome to the Word Podcast. The Lord God has given us His Word. Let us learn it. Let us live it. Let us rejoice in it. Spread the Word. Blessings, everyone. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me on the Word Podcast. Tell you what, we're getting some things right now in Ephesians 4, these rapid-fire instructions and commandments about how we are to live as believers. And, of course, the context we've seen over and over, so I'm not going to go through it right now, but the context is that as true believers, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit. We have manifestation of the Holy Spirit. We are gifted by the Holy Spirit. And that we are to live as one because we are one. There's one Lord, there's one faith, there's one baptism, there's one Father, there's one Spirit. We are one in that. And in that oneness, we're to behave a certain kind of way. We're to walk in a manner that is worthy of the calling. So in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 25, we saw that we're to lay aside falsehood. We saw that we're to speak the truth to one another because we are members of one another. Verse 26, it said, be angry and yet do not sin. You can be angry over something, but not sin. And then he warns us, don't let the sun go down on your anger. In other words, don't dwell on that. Don't just let it roll through your head and through your head and through your head because that will give, according to verse 27, the devil an opportunity. Then we saw in verse 28 that if you were a thief before and if you were stealing before, don't steal any longer. But work, labor with your own hands for what is good. And the reason is so that you will have something to share with the one who has need. The primary goal of working is not just to uh, attain stuff ourselves, you know, food and shelter. The Lord has promised to give us that. Remember the Sermon on the Mount? Okay. It is definitely not to where we can have more and more stuff. And it's definitely not where we can tap in to try to satisfy greed. No, no, no. The point and purpose is to where we can share with the one who has a need. Now, look what he says in verse 29. Let no unwholesome word proceed from your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. Woo, this is a biggie right here. Don't let any unwholesome word proceed from your mouth. Of course, that begs the question, what is an unwholesome word? Well, it's, it's a word that does not edify. It's a word that does not exhort or encourage. It's a word that will uh, be interpreted in the wrong way, okay? And sometimes what may be unwholesome in my mind is not unwholesome at all in the world, okay? And there are generational things with that. I understand that. There's, language does morph and it does change and that kind of stuff. There's some words that are used right now just uh, all over the place. And I had to sort of explain to kids going, hey, do you know the derivation of that word? Do you know where that word came from? <laughs> you know? Uh, but the idea behind this goes along with what you see in other portions of Scripture about coarse jesting. In other words, you don't want to let words come out of your mouth that are not good for edification. My, my favorite example of that is when the Lord really taught me this. I was about 20 or 21 and I was helping the church out. I was playing piano at this church that had just started. And uh, we had a, a, a pastor and we had a minister of music. And the minister of music is like my mentor in the ministry type of thing. Well, one service, they got up and they were both going to the little lectern type of thing. 
and they did the little dance, you know, when you're trying to step around somebody, <laughs> that kind of thing. And that always brings a chuckle in people's lives. Well, the pastor was a particularly large guy. He was about six five, maybe something like that. And I don't know, 350 pounds. He's a big old boy. Well, when the minister of music got up there, after they'd done a little dance, everybody's sort of laughing about it. He said, there's some people you step around. There's other people you walk around. <laughs> well, the thing is, it's absolutely true. I knew exactly what he's talking about, and everybody did. But when he said that, this went off in my head. That's coarse jesting. That's coarse jesting. And coarse jesting is when you're laughing and sort of making fun at the expense of somebody else. Oh, yeah, quite often they're yucking it up with you. But it opens doors and it gives the devil opportunity. And he's saying, no, no, we don't need to do that. The type of words we need to speak is this. He says, only such a word as is good for edification. What is edifying? And it doesn't mean it has to be these lolly, 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 happy-go-lucky kind of thing all the time. No, no, no. Because a word of edification may be a tough word. And this goes in the line of what we saw earlier here, to speak forth the truth. You may speak forth the truth in that word of edification, and it's a hard word. And it's difficult to speak, and it's difficult to receive, but it's absolutely accurate, and it needs to be done. And that's what he's saying. Only speak such a word that is good for edification according to the need according to the need at that very moment of that time, so that it will give grace to those who hear. So when you speak forth a word of edification, when you speak forth this word in love, you do it in a way that it will bring forth and give grace to everyone who hears it. You know, you can sit there and tell somebody the absolute truth about something. You can take the eight and a half pound study Bible I got sitting over here and thump somebody over the head with, it, with the absolute truth and drive them away from the Lord. It's just in the way that you speak it and the attitude in the heart. And he's saying here, you need to do it in a way that will give grace to those who hear. One last verse, Ephesians 4, 30. So he goes from that about don't let any unwholesome words proceed out of your mouth to this. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. That right there is sort of a bottom line with just about everything we've been looking at up to this point in time in relationship to the gifts of the Spirit, the manifestation of the Spirit. He says, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. We as true believers can grieve the Spirit. We can quench the Spirit. We can say no to the Spirit and refuse to abide in. We can make that decision. And he's saying this, don't do it. And then he just reminds them, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Oh, yeah. By whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. In other words, you are saved. Okay. But you know the old adage, we were saved, we are saved, we're being saved, we will be saved. The idea is this. We are saved, but redemption is yet to come. Okay. The true redemption is yet to come when it's all said and done. He says we have been sealed. We have been protected by the Holy Spirit for that day of redemption. So if the Holy Spirit seals us, and that's what happens when you repent and you confess, you call upon the name of the Lord, the Holy Spirit comes within you and seals you up, literally lives within your spirit. He says, if that be true, and it is, then why would you grieve the Holy Spirit of God? 
sometimes people will say, well, how do you grieve the Holy Spirit of God? Well, any time that you quench the Holy Spirit of God is when you go against what the Spirit wants you to do. If you're doing any of these things, if you're speaking forth an unwholesome word, if you're being angry yet sinning, if you're speaking falsehood, all these things we've covered at this point in time, if you are doing these, then you will be grieving the Holy Spirit of God. And he says, don't do this. Don't do this at all. Uh, the last couple of verses, I really don't have time to get into in the details. I want to, okay? So I'll tell you what, we'll just stop right here, and we'll look at the last two verses of Ephesians chapter 4 next time. Go back and read all of Ephesians 4. Allow the Spirit to minister to you and watch what He does. Again, I'm Dale. I'll see you again next time. Bye-bye.